Welcome once again to another episode of Talking Taylor. I'm Danny here with Shauna. And today we are discussing the Red Album. Or no, it's it's Red. It's not the Red Album. It's just called Red. So it's not like some some Beatles or Metallica kind of thing. So yeah. Do you have thoughts as we get going here? General uh... thoughts. I don't know that I have any general thoughts. I have lots of thoughts on Red, but uh, well, I Red is the first of two Taylor albums that I did go to the tour for. So okay, I went to the Red tour. Nice, that's pretty cool. It was awesome. Red Red is the first album, I think, just like album in general that I bought opening day. Like, I, I remember, like, driving to Target and buying it. Uh, I, I had just started at uh, college, and I remember doing that. So, yeah. My, some of my acquaintances gave me grief from it, but the joke's on them, as, as now they all have to eat their words a decade later. So, yeah. Uh, so we start, as always, with the biggest song on the album. This is a hard one. This is mm-hmm. a hard one. Yeah. What, what do you think? So I think while I, at first I was like, oh, I knew you're trouble. And then I was like, uh-uh, wait a minute. Hold up. I knew your trouble was very big. It's still very big. It became a meme. It was like a whole thing. But mm-hmm. the goat, the goat edits. Yes. Yes. But we are never ever getting back together went number one i think it was her first billboard top hot 100 number one if i recall mm-hmm. correctly very possibly which is it you know huge but then you have to think about the longevity 22 will outlive all of them because yep. everyone when they turn 22 even if they don't like taylor yep. makes a makes a reference to the song like while 22 did not necessarily like chart as well if i remember correctly as the other two the longevity of the song makes it the biggest song from Red, in my opinion. I 100% agree. I've also, like, at least among Swifty fan bases, like, it doesn't matter if you're turning 22. You can turn, like, 38, and people will still be, like, playing 22. Like, it's it's just a birthday anthem or just, like, a, a youth fun time anthem now. Uh, in a way that that really does make it, I think, one of her like biggest songs, like in her entire catalog, uh, like this love story, you belong with me, like those are some songs that it's like the they're not going to be separated from her uh, catalog ever. So I I absolutely one hundred percent. Yeah, uh, like. <laughs> 22 when i was 22 i listened to it a minimum of once per day every single day that i was 22 and that was two years ago and it's still the second most listened to taylor swift song on my phone that's pretty fantastic uh yeah (laughs) um best deep cut or album cut and you can't say all of them even though it is most of them yeah I decided to just go with the very first song that popped into my head and I tried to argue with myself. It, like the moment I said it, I was like, no, but there's this and this and this. And I was like, mm-hmm. you could argue into oblivion for this. Mm-hmm. So I went with sad, beautiful, tragic. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Because I think not just for like the general population, but I've noticed even among Swifties, it is one of the least talked about Taylor songs, but it's really good. Yeah. Well, I think just in general, the entire album after We Are Never Getting Back Together is pretty unknown, except to like Swift fans, as well as like, like, like most people don't know those songs. And I think there's a lot of songs in that uh, second half that are really, really good. Uh, and that's absolutely one of them. Um my pick, I, I thought All Too Well was too well known, even though it should be like, like that's an album cut, like by definition, an album cut. And I think a few years ago would have sufficiently filled this spot. But now I think it's too well known. It's topped too many lists. People have talked about it too much, which is not to say they've talked about it too much. They've just talked about it too much for it to be an album cut. Um. <laughs> In the way that, like, Bruce Springsteen's uh, Racing in the Street is technically, like, the last song on side A of Darkness on the Edge of Town, but it's also one of his, like, most iconic and noted songs in, in like, any community other than just people who know the, the hits. Uh, so it's in that same kind of, like, way. So I went with Holy Ground. Um... I think this is a really great song. I think it it absolutely could have. People always talk about like wanting Cruel Summer to be a single or whatever. Like Holy Ground is the one that I don't get why that wasn't a single. Yeah, all of the um like the people who read is their favorite album. I feel like they always talk about Holy Ground and Holy Ground. As soon as I said Sad Beautiful Tragic to myself, I was like, no, but Holy Ground. So <laughs> I feel yeah. that. Yeah. It's excellent it was actually um the tour opener because it's epic and it deserved to be a single (laughs) i always think that it should like i always have to catch myself that it's not track one of this album because it feels like track one of this album and state of grace feels like it falls somewhere else um yeah so uh, track five breakdown, and we'll try not to take the entire podcast on this because track five is all too well. It is the track five that defines the track fives. Um, I so I didn't like this song for quite a while. I was young, I was 18, and I had essentially no frame of reference for anything going on within it. Uh, and then when I kind of rediscovered it almost like I'd never heard it before when I was 22 or 23, I was like, Oh no, that's like the best song ever. I might've even been a little bit older than that. Um, Cause I remember in summer of 2015, I ranked all of the, all of Taylor's songs at that point, And it was like, not high. It wasn't like terribly low, Uh, like it had started to grow on me a little bit, but I still didn't really appreciate it. And then a couple years later after that, I did it again. And it was like, I think number one or like top five or something like that. Um, Yeah. What are your thoughts on this song? From the moment I first heard it, I loved it. I really loved the imagery (laughs) of like, I'm a crumpled up piece of paper lying there, but 
read the album came out when I was in high school Mm -hmm. and I was in a really awful relationship and this album was just I was like yes like the day after I went to the red tour I broke up with my like garbage boyfriend like there you go read the album in general just like shaped so much of my like high school relationship ideas and I remember like crying in the parking lot to all too well and Mm -hmm. (laughs) like and just I also will never forget when I saw her on the red tour and she played all too well she used to have this moment when she would play because you know she's playing it at the piano and she would have this moment where she would look out into the crowd because the song was at the time like very it was still fresh very emotional it, it had not been claimed by the fans yet and she would just mm-hmm. look out into the crowd and I remember she was crying that day and it just I don't know it was just a really beautiful moment like and I just knew I was like all too well is such a masterpiece but uh, I rela- just love the imagery in the song related to that she plays it on the Netflix recorded version of the reputation tour and it's like probably the best music performance like one of the best music performances i've ever seen so please by all means if you haven't seen it go on netflix watch that uh re-watch that performance i cried uh and and it's it's stunning um but yeah there's such a it's it's the quintessential taylor swift song from the like story telling perspective i think like if like love story is one side of her storytelling chops uh where it's a happy story and we see that also with speak now uh the song um and 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 so we we see that like that side of like this is an optimistic song i'm telling a really complex and interesting love story but i'm telling this love story enchanted a little bit different, but still a kind of like a, a generally optimistic story. Uh, and All Too Well does have that kind of turn at the end toward hope. Um, but a lot of it is is a downer of, of pain and uh, or as Begin Again says of break and, and burn and end. Like that's that's kind of like what All Too Well is um obviously and i think that we've seen that side of her storytelling more i think of like champagne problems and like some of the other songs uh off folklore and evermore um in in the last year but i think that this is kind of like where that starts or or kind of comes into its own um Yeah, I'm sure we'll mention it again at some point uh, in this podcast. But yeah, uh, next we discuss the deluxe uh, for this album. It is the moment I knew. Uh, Come back, be here, and girl at home. I want to hear your thoughts first on these tracks. I know among the fandom, I have very controversial opinions. Um, <laughs> I love Girl at Home, and the moment I knew is in my, uh, if you were to reverse my Taylor Swift song rankings, the moment I knew would be in the top five, if that makes sense. Like, it's in my bottom five, which oh, is probably yeah. terrible. 
but and I know almost everyone in the fandom hates girl at home and loves the moment I knew but it is the opposite for me yeah I think the moment I knew is okay I think it's decent I'm glad that it exists and I'm also glad that it's not on like the album proper like um girl at home I think is a good song it feels to me like it should be on speak now it feels like like an older kind of song an older kind of sound to it um yeah I'm not sure where I fall on it and then yeah, and I know I didn't mention come back be here but that's just because it's a really great song and everyone understands that everyone accepts that it's great <laughs> yeah I I'm kind of neutral on come back be here I think it, I think it's fine I think it's a good song all of these maybe more than any of the other deluxe lineups we've looked at so far and and I think we'll look at in the future certainly with 1989 all of these feel to me like they belong on the deluxe album and that there aren't really any here that I would put on the regular album though I could entertain putting maybe any of them on speak now or on on a previous kind of thing but none of them feel to me like red so I think they're good omissions from the standard album here um yeah Moment I knew just feels well. It feels like, in in hindsight, it feels like uh, kind of a little bit like Mister Perfectly Fine, but just like a, a less good version of that. So. And then I think I should say that the reason I originally didn't like the moment I knew is because I was too stupid to understand it. Like I just was kind of like, okay, like it just didn't make sense to me. Now, like that, I'm like as I got older, I was like oh wait like and I understood the song I understood mm. like what she was saying but when it first came out I just sometimes Taylor writes songs and I'm too stupid to understand them I've got like a list and I'm like and I of like songs <laughs> I was too stupid to understand at first yeah and um well it's not it's not them. just being stupid it's also like being young yeah. and like well, yeah and, and growing up and realizing oh okay yeah, I guess I just feel stupid because I see all these other people and they like got it and they get it and I just it took me a long time to get there. That's that's fair. I think I have I'm sure I have things like that too. Yeah. So. Uh most excited to hear re-recorded. Well, so I have four because I could <laughs> not choose. Could not choose. She has four. All right. So, fine. Okay. So I almost do because like literally I listen to I almost do all of the time. And literally this morning I was listening to it and I just thought, man, she's going to record it. She's going to re-record this song and then they'll all see because I feel like people don't <laughs> appreciate I almost do and they should. So she's going to re-record it and then everyone will see what a good song it is because mm -hmm. it is. Um, it's, it's definitely one that's growing on me very gradually. Like I used to really dislike that song. And now I'm much more like mixed about it. 
So yeah. Okay. Yeah, what what I is just... what is the second one that you want? <laughs> um, treacherous. It's just mm. treacherous mm. is just treacherous. It's always been one of my favorites on Red. Um, and then the last time because I I adore it and. I'm very excited. It, like if if Gary Lightbody comes back, it will be everything to me. I will be so happy. What we'll band is he in? Off the what is what uh, is he? Snow Patrol. Oh, he's Snow Patrol. Okay. Yep. They haven't done anything in forever. But neither had Colby Calais. So no, you know, that's true. There's hope. I did. Li- I did hear uh, one of her songs in an Applebee's uh, yesterday, and I thought, uh, oh, she's still great. Like it's an old song. But it's like, it reminded me how awesome her like six singles were. That like very brief run when she had a pretty successful career and made like a bunch of really great songs. Also, this is ludicrously off topic. She made one of my favorite Christmas albums. So check out her Christmas album. I think it's called Christmas in the Sand. Uh, When December (laughs) comes around. That is one of my favorite Christmas albums. I, I went and listened to it because you told me that and yeah. it actually was not that bad. I, it's, I enjoyed it's it. It's delightful. It's delightful. So that's that's then, your yeah. The last one, my all-time favorite song on red. One of my all-time favorite Taylor Swift songs ever. It's in my top five. I adore it. I love it. The laugh and stay, stay, stay is going to murder me. The whole song is going to put me on the floor. I'll be crying because I'll be so happy because nothing makes me happier than that song. Mm-hmm. I'm okay. just very, yeah. very excited for stay, stay, stay. Uh, mine is is all too well. Uh, I'm curious to see, because when she wrote the song, as she says in the concert for Reputation, like she wrote it, on the floor after this breakup and it was just like a diary thing and now it's like not that like it's it's so much more than that so i'm curious how the song sounds or how she's able to capture the the moreness of it because the song has changed in the in the last nine years it's not the same song that originally came onto this album uh, and I'm also very interested to find out if we get a like nine minute version of it or not. Like that's, that's yeah. really all that I want to know. That's really all I want from this re-record process is, is the, is the kind of like giant 12 minute all too well opus that I can talk about in the same way that I talk about like the really obscure studio recordings of the Beatles white album that came out a couple years ago. Uh, they, they have a version of, I think it was Helter Skelter on there that I was like, I have no idea why this isn't the album version. This is so much better in every possible way. So I'm very excited, yeah. but I'm also almost scared for the, for the like 12 minute all too well, because there's been, <laughs> there's, there's, we put so much onto it. Uh-huh. And like, I'm so afraid that people are gonna be disappointed. I'm not saying I'm gonna be disappointed. It could literally just be 12 minutes of her screaming all too well over and over. Oh and my word, like, that would be amazing. That would be amazing. <laughs> somebody, somebody on Reddit the other day, this is random, but it kind of relates. Somebody on Reddit the other day took 
uh, I think it was like the cover art of folklore or something, something related to folklore and did it in more of like a reputation kind of style. It looked like a black metal album cover and it made me want Taylor to make a black metal album, which she probably won't do. But that's that's what I've been thinking about for the last day off and on. Now I really want that. <laughs> I want that to happen a lot. Um, background and Easter eggs that matter. Um, so I had a friend who didn't like We Are Never Ever Getting Back Together because he said it was too annoying and it was always on the radio. And I was just like, that was the point. She literally purposely made it annoying and catchy. So it would be on every radio station just so she could get on Jake Gyllenhaal's nerves. And I'm just like, that's that's, that's amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> it's just, oh. it's, it's the best. And wow. the Red Era was that, really that's, like that's a song that definitely like annoyed me when it came out and i feel like it got overplayed and now i listen to it and i'm like that's one of the best songs on this album like that song is such a bop like <laughs> i i love it so much now that i don't hear it constantly like it's great her work is done that's yes. exactly what she wanted <laughs> it was a lot it was a long burn but it got there yeah. Yes. Um, another one is that, like, she's always had Easter eggs and different things in her music, and mm-hmm. like Easter eggs as we know them now. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, one of the, like, most iconic, like, early um, Easter eggs, like, from Instagram and stuff, was she posted a picture of her feet propped up in the studio and she was wearing red shoes. And then she announced that the album was called Red and we were like, how did we not see that? And it was like a huge freak out moment, but it was literally like, that's one of like the most iconic, like Instagram Easter egg hints. Instagram was still pretty early at this time. Like it wasn't a very popular, I don't remember the exact year, but this is 2012. I don't think I heard anything of Instagram until like 2010 or 2011. Like if I ever come across anybody with an Instagram account from 2011, I'm really impressed because that was pretty early. So that's impressive. Yeah, it was, it was like a huge thing. We, we just kind of were like, oh, she's in the studio. Yeah. (laughs) So. Cool. Is that it? Uh, I, I don't know. I can't, I don't know that there's anything else that's like groundbreaking. Okay. Yeah. I think that's fair. Uh, any songs that you would cut? And then like the related, uh, are there any like songs that you would move or change in sequencing? Um, the remix of everything has changed is not on the album, but I don't care. It shouldn't oh exist. Gosh, I've, I've never heard that song. Don't and go I'm, listen to I'm it. I'm not going to, I'm not Garbage. going to, I, well, I haven't been generally impressed with her remixes, uh, though the last few have gotten certainly quite a lot better. Um, but yeah, no, I'm not going to listen to that. Um, yeah. Is, is that it? Is that your whole answer? Yeah, no, that I just really, okay. really am not. A, that remix, like, I, I have always been, like, 
that I was I've always been gung-ho about everything Taylor put out until until that remix happened like that day I realized you're like she is flawed she can do wrong yeah that was the day that I was like oh so she she does have flaws in to put it another way it's the day everything changed yeah <laughs> Exactly. Um, re- relatedly, uh, I would cut everything has changed. Uh, the standard version. I don't like it at all. Um, I don't think it's a good performance, particularly by her or Ed Sheeran. Uh, I think the the chorus is really boring. Um, I I do not like that song. Um. <laughs> I would probably move I almost do to the deluxe, though I'm open to changing that opinion. Uh, it doesn't, it's never fit for me. It's always felt a little bit off. Um, I would move the last time later in the album, and I would move Holy Ground earlier. I feel like the last time comes too soon, too close to the middle, and it should be later. And Holy Ground, as we've already discussed, should probably be the opener. Um, She has weird sequencing. And I think this album is probably the best example of how it took her a long time, or the powers that be, a long time to figure out how to sequence an album. Like, there, there are some great sequencing moments on this album, but there are also some really terrible ones. And... Yeah. I I think the sequencing is great because it takes you on a roller coaster of emotion. It does do that. Uh but when I think about like the middle part of Lover where it's like perfect sequencing. Like literally you could not do it. There like if Lover were only like tracks 3 through 14 or whatever, like it would still be a brilliant album like like that's how good the middle part of lover is um 100%. and so and i'm sure we'll talk about that in a few weeks but like that's that's when i when i mean like the sequencing here gives me asks me a lot of questions so uh yeah uh a motif or multiple song theme i couldn't come up with one I had one five seconds ago and I lost it. Give me a second to pull it back. I feel like Um, colors come up in quite a few songs, which I think is cool. Um, But I couldn't think of exact examples when I was trying to earlier. I think um, I I don't have, this is literally like I thought of this while we were talking Uh um, because I didn't have anything specific, but the idea of losing yourself or not having control of where you're going. She talks about that a lot. Like uh, loving him was like driving a Maserati down a dead end street mm-hmm. um, and put your lips close to mine as long as they don't touch. Like uh, the whole like, treacherous, like a lot of the verses mm-hmm. have to do with kind of like, we're just skin and bones trained to get along almost like there's well, like, there's not control, but then you go to all too well. Time won't, fly it's like i'm paralyzed by mm-hmm. it that i knew you were troubled music video where she's just mm-hmm. like she talks about how she lost herself in the relationship mm-hmm. there's a lot of like yeah lack of control well and i and... think even 
even right. the notion of like spinning spinning like a girl in a brand new dress like there's still a loss of control there it's a like euphoric loss of control but it's still that which is yet another reason why holy ground should be the first track of this album so yeah i think that's a good that's a good theme uh, I also think colors come up quite a bit, but I can't remember the exact examples right now. But well, the song red. <laughs> yes, but uh, there there are others. I mean, there's there's blue on uh, all too well, and I feel like there were some others. But well, like the song red has right blue, now. gray, and red. Yeah, yeah, but um, yeah, uh, belatedly best song or song that. Uh, has grown on you to be and and not in my case i'm not answering all too well because i've answered that a whole bunch of times but but one that grew on you a lot over time i'm gonna be real the only song that my opinion there are only two songs where my opinion has changed over the years and that's everything has changed in the moment I knew. I didn't really like either one of them that much when the album came out. Now, I at least, I pre, I pre, like, I've always liked them in comparison to other songs. But, like, in comparison to other Taylor songs, I was not a fan. I would, yeah. um, And now I appreciate them for what they are, and I like them. But otherwise, like, I don't know. Like, my Red is one of the albums that, like, I had really solid feelings about it when it came out and my feelings haven't changed much about any of the songs other than those two. And a lot of the albums I feel like grew on me or like my relationship with the music changed, but I feel like with Red, my relationship with this music has not changed at all. Yeah, that's fair. Um, For me, it's the lucky one. Uh, I, I like that song there there are many on here even like treacherous that i like a lot more now than i used to um but the lucky one i think has really kind of grown on me as i've gotten older uh and kind of like aged into the experience of like reflecting on youth uh and i think that that song gets slept on a lot and it shouldn't because it's really good uh that and and also yeah so yeah, the lucky one actually had. This is this is like a really strong statement, so I don't know if I'm gonna stand by it in the future. But in this moment, I'm making it. Um, the lucky one <laughs> had the best moment in the entire red tour. The way that it opened, like mm. the whole opening, like video that she played, and then the performance was amazing, like phenomenal. Mm-hmm. If I have you ever seen it because if not i'm going no, to like i don't think so send a link yeah. from youtube yeah yes by all means because yeah the performance of the lucky one at the red tour was just like next level it was okay. amazing good to know uh next album appetizer the next album of course is 1989 uh two years later in, uh, in which she goes fully into the pop direction that this album and speak now have kind of like dabbled in though. I definitely think that red now stands very much in this like indie pop territory that folklore is in. And like, it's, it's easier to get what this album is going for in hindsight, I think than it was at the time. Um, but yeah, next album is 1984. What song here sounds like an appetizer for that? Uh, 
it's not on the album, but Sweeter Than Fiction was the album appetizer. Um, this is this is the era where she really started to well no because i guess today was a fairy tale counts yeah there's a very real chance i don't have any idea what that song is so i don't think i don't think i've heard that one oh well sweeter than fiction was for a movie that james corden was in that i can't remember the name of right now and i never got to see i really wanted to but okay it's very good and it was a single for a movie because it's like her thing to release a single for a movie that is the next album appetizer just like today was a fairy tale was Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um sweeter than fiction is one i don't want to live forever from from this uh album do you have do you have one i can't say sweeter than fiction because it is um it's hard maybe starlight i could see that i could definitely see that like starlight really captures the vibes of the red era mm-hmm. but it also i don't know it, it kind of has the, the the production has a bit of a like glittery uh 1989 thing like a little bit especially on like the chorus um mm-hmm. for me i said i said state of grace there's really not like a slam dunk here but I think that there are aspects of State of Grace that reminds me of, of 1989. But th- there really wasn't a clear answer here. Um, I think the that possibly the shift from Red to 1989 is like the most significant shift moment of her career. Uh, looking back on it, I think that that's kind of the, the pivot that that seems the most uh different so uh most personally special song this whole album's personally special to me it helped true, me get true. to my it helped me get through my two hardest breakups mm-hmm. like real rough ones mm-hmm. um but well, i'm not convinced there are not rough breakups uh they're all just rough in in their own way so that that's that's i know there are people who will disagree with that philosophy uh i don't i think that's a pretty apt thing to say but yeah yeah um i don't like literally every single song on this album is special to me in some Mm -hmm. way um honestly like it's (laughs) you can't i i I can't because it's like every single song is so special that's fair uh, I picked Starlight. I have a few good memories of Starlight. Uh, I have good memories of all of these, but there, there was something about that song and the kind of like, it, it's a very niche thing that like not, like people don't know it except there. And so like, it was kind of a point where it was like, no, I really think this is good even if other people are like ignoring this or or whatever that I think kind of connected with me. Um, but yeah. Uh, single best lyric on the album. This one's hard because there it is. are like so many. There good are a lot lyrics. of good, there are a lot of good lyrics on this project. It's going to be um, harder on later albums, but yeah, I'm yeah. going to go with uh, you're my Achilles heel. I don't know why, but that's always hmm. really I don't know. It's always really stood out to me. I've always loved that lyric. It's always been one of my favorite lyrics on Red. All right. Fair enough. 
I've tried to pick a lyric that I thought like encompassed the album as a whole up to this point. Uh, I didn't do that with this one. I just think this is the best lyric. Uh, dance, dancing around the kitchen in the refrigerator light uh, from All Too Well. I just think that that is just the perfect image of like uh, of of loneliness of connection like it could be this like romantic thing it could be this like haunting thing uh like it's it's just so evocative of everything to me that it's it's just the it's a line that doesn't feel like other people probably would have come up with it and that it's just this perfect line uh many many others from that song could work obviously the like scarf uh coming up um i always thought uh the line uh you talk about your past thinking your future was me is really incredible as well so but but for me uh dancing around the kitchen in the refrigerator light is still pretty much one of my favorite uh taylor lyrics so and finally the album grade it's an A, obviously. It's an A. Okay. okay. <laughs> uh, for me, it's an A minus. There's just there's a few songs. I feel so. So this album is what is it? About an hour. I'm trying to find exactly. I think it's about like an hour and five minutes ish. I'm trying to find the non-deluxe version here on Spotify. Okay, it's an hour and four minutes. And I think there's a 45-minute album here that's phenomenal. And I do think there are some songs here that either aren't up to the standard of some of the other songs here or could just belong on, like, a deluxe version of this album. Like, whereas with Speak Now, I think that every bit of its hour-plus length is earned there are some here where I'm like, you know, that really doesn't feel either like it fits this project or or what. So so I have to knock it a little bit for that. Um, but a lot of it has actually grown on me over the years. Uh, for a while, I really couldn't see why people loved this album so much. Uh, it's still not one of my favorites from her, I don't think. But it's definitely growing on me. And I think especially in the Folklore and Evermore era... I can appreciate it a little bit more. Um, yeah, so A minus. Uh, that's where we are. Next time we'll talk about 1989, uh, which should be should be fun. Should be fun time. And if uh, the Swifties are right, the next time we're talking about 1989, we might have a date <laughs> for 1989 uh, Taylor's version. We but also, might. we've been saying that every week. Yeah, they've said that for, for over a month. Yeah. So, but I'm really um, convinced it's tomorrow. So, or not tomorrow this this weekend. You know, this Friday. Yeah. Okay. June 24th, I think is. At- I was just saying June 24th, we're definitely getting either the whole album or like Wildest Dreams Taylor's version. Okay. You heard it here first. All right. Uh, Well, that was definitely not the first time I'd heard that, but uh... (laughs) Uh, yeah, so that's it. Uh, This has been Talking Taylor. Uh, We'll talk more next time. Bye.